Hooray Run Podcast, Episode 21. Dina Castor is my guest for this one. Dina and I met up in downtown Chicago on Thursday for this conversation. Dina is a three-time Olympian, the 2004 Olympic bronze medalist in the marathon in Athens, Greece, American women's record holder in the marathon, time of 219.36. I was grateful for this time, thrilled to be able to sit down with a woman who has inspired my running career and has reached the top tier of her sport. Her book, Let Your Mind Run, it released in April. It's a must read. I love it. So much wisdom, encouragement, book on optimism. Go get your copy now. We're going to do a giveaway too through Hooray Run in just a little bit here, hopefully in the next week. She's been with ASICS for 18 years, lives in Mammoth Lakes, California. Her husband, Andrew, he's the head coach of the Mammoth Track Club. Two of the track club's members are competing in Sunday's Chicago Marathon. We cover a lot in this conversation, cover highlights of her career, her role in this year's Chicago Marathon, the writing and editing process of her book, her penchant for cooking and food, much more. Before we get to the conversation, as always, my friend Mikey, a.k.a. Meeks Palmer on SoundCloud. Mikey, you gotta drop that beat for us. Hooray Run Podcast here, James Rogers. I am honored to be in the presence of Dina Castor in Chicago, downtown area. Dina's here for Chicago Marathon festivities and the race on Sunday. Dina, welcome to the podcast, and you got to be thrilled to be here in Chicago. Always thrilled to be in Chicago, absolutely. It's always a fun weekend, and to be here early enough in the week to see the city come alive with excitement around the race is really awesome. Yeah, and you rolled in last night, you said? Yes. Okay. Okay. And your role for Sunday, I asked you if you were commentating. You're not doing any commentary, but you are going to be at the finish line. Talk about where you're going to be. At the finish line. Um, So I love being there to celebrate the victories of so many thousands of people. So I spend hours just passing out medals, putting them around people's necks and, um, and giving hugs and taking selfies and just really, really enjoying that, that energy of the finish line. Cause it's a huge sense of accomplishment for so many people. Cause you really don't really get to hear all the stories, but everybody has yeah. a story about why they're running and it's usually a lot bigger than we could ever imagine. Right. Right. And you have a history here in Chicago. How many times did you run it? Um, I've run it a, a few times, but I okay. feel like I'm always here. It seems like I yeah. run it every year, but I don't. I've only run it a, a few times. Um, okay. But a couple of my of my that my highlighted performances of my career have been here for sure. 2005. Yes, my very first yes. marathon win. So that was really really a, a that was special your first day. Win. Yes. Okay. Yes, I had the American record and Olympic medal, and I was like, I yep. can't believe I've never won a race. <laughs> I, need to, I feel like I need to win a race to truly feel like I've um, come into my stride. And um, and so I was really determined that year. Yep. Um, I almost lost to Constantina Dita of Romania, okay. who went on in the Beijing Olympics to win a gold medal. But mm-hmm. um, I had like a minute and a half lead over her at one point, and it came down to like four seconds. So she was yes. like a freight train coming after me. So if there was another meter of running to do, I'm pretty sure I would have been second place that day. Okay. 
Did you feel a weight off your shoulders after the win? Yes, okay. absolutely. But you know, with any finish line, mm-hmm. some new pipe dream begins. Yep. And so, um, so I feel like it was definitely um, checking a box off of my list of, um, of things to do in this sport. But then something else always emerges to try to, to, try to get the right. best out of me. Get finished and you think, what's next? Yeah, what can I yeah. next? I mean, a pat on the back first, and then, yeah, yeah, and then what's the next? <laughs> Hands on the knees. Yeah. Did you feel? Do you remember crossing the line that day? Where you did? Did you feel exhausted? I did feel okay. a sense of relief. Okay. Like that was my biggest, my like the most, um, I guess, significant feeling was just being relieved when I felt that finish line tape across my chest. Yeah. But um, but I did black out after the race. I don't I don't even remember giving a TV interview, and it was on television that night when I was relaxing in my hotel room with my family, and um, and I don't remember any of it. But I looked no. pasty white, like I was on the verge of falling over. Um, <laughs> I mumbled, stumbled through something about being really happy for the victory. Well, and then, yeah, I hope you it. probably said the right thing. Yeah, probably did. Yeah. Maybe if it's a little embarrassing watching it later in the evening. Yeah. But that was oh five. What would you run there? What time? I don't even remember okay. what my time was. Yeah, probably low two twenties. Yeah, but having that American record in sight, I but did. you already said it. I want it was my American record, but yeah. I wanted to run under two twenty. But I right. went out a little overzealously. So my message to anyone is to just have some patience in the right. beginning of the race. Um, ever since that day, I now know the marathon needs patience and yep. um, and a, just a consistent uh, consistent mile after mile effort is the most efficient way to to run a marathon. Mm-hmm. Not, yes. not with like hype and angst from mile one. <laughs> <laughs> and reading the book too, in the early stages of your running career, you kind of had that tenacity to get out there early. Yes. So when you grow in distance, you learn that patience. Game. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like it's like every phase of our life, we have to learn different lessons and the marathon definitely promotes that, um, just consistency in the training, but then patience in the, in the race itself. Yeah. Then how much time or how much race in between 05 Chicago and 06 London where you set the current? Oh, American yeah. Um, Do you that was how much a, of the time between those two races? Yeah. I, I remember just um, being so focused on running sub 220 that yeah. that 520 per mile was just ingrained in me, running running that over and over again and, um, and just getting so comfortable that that was just my default pace, no matter how good or bad the day was. Mm-hmm was going and um and again you have your like little panic attack the the week leading up to the race like oh my gosh i'm i'm not fit enough this feels hard and um and then realizing that you need to trust the training because it's worked in your favor every other time you've been out here um when you when you can trust it and just trusting it and and going after it sure i know we're rewinding 12 years there but that build up to london in the 219 still like I said, the American record to this day. Do you remember just a smooth buildup? Was there any? There's always hiccups. Yeah, Nothing, hiccup no buildup is ever perfect. Right. Um, and I think I think we can get um, pretty stressed out and anxious if mm-hmm. we if we think that um, that it has to be so. And so I think it's important to understand that things could go wrong. And in that buildup, I had a really um, tight calf. Yeah. And um, and started to panic like oh my gosh I can't possibly run a marathon with a tight calf and 
it turned out it was all in my head, but it really yeah. was a physical manifestation of pain that I was maybe panicking that my best wouldn't be good enough once I put such a high goal out there. Yeah. And, um, and so again, just had to have a talk with myself. You know, a lot of it is self-talk and, mm-hmm. um, and rationalizing with myself that I'm prepared and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to give it my best shot and, um, and see, see if my best is good enough, but you sure. only know unless you try. Exactly. Exactly. A lot of the books, so Let Your Mind Run, the memoir that you wrote, just released in, was it April? April, yeah. April? Yeah. Okay. A lot of positivity, optimism, guidance in this book. What was the origination when you first thought, okay, I'm going to write a book, and it geared toward the mental approach to running? Do you right. remember that? the seed that was planted. I do. Okay. I was talking to my co-author, Michelle Hamilton, and my husband, Andrew, at our dining room table. It was the day that we opened, had the ribbon ribbon cutting of the track that we put in mm-hmm. in Mammoth, and Michelle Hamilton was there covering it for Runner's World. And we were talking about a memoir, and I just resisted it for so long. Mm-hmm. And finally, we came to, well, don't think of it as, an, as a memoir. Think of it as an instructional memoir. And yeah. so you're... You're, you're giving something to people. And I'm like, well, what do I have to give? And they, you know, Michelle said, well, your perspective is, is usually pretty good. So maybe yeah. you could work on perspective. And to write, to have to go back over so many years and write about what my perspective was in a moment mm-hmm. was a challenge in and of itself. So I immediately ran to my parents' house and grabbed all those little clippings they've had in boxes in their garage for okay. decades. And, um, Thank goodness they never listened to me when I told them to throw routinely telling them to throw it away, um, because I then put them all in chronological order, and those the media documentation really allowed me to to remember oh, yeah, with better they, accuracy yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of those years. Okay, great. So you dug up all the hail to the media. And I'm curious with the writing process because I know. You came back here to Chicago in 2015, yeah. set master's record for the marathon, and then between that race and your attempt at 2018 writing. Boston, yeah, <laughs> yeah, was it just? I've been. I was um, Michelle and I wrote. It took about three years to write this book, but we had neither one of us had written a book before, so we were new to it. We did some research on how you co-author and yep. we tried multiple approaches, but what. When it came down to it, we just had to do it all. We mm-hmm. had, she had to ask a lot of questions. I had to sit down and and do free writes on a on a simple little um, idea. We had to put things in chronological order and then write with as much detail as possible. Yep. And then she would ask more questions, and it was just like peeling the layers off of an onion that we just kept getting deeper and deeper. And we thought we had a pretty good first draft that we gave to Penguin Random House and our, yeah. our editor, Kevin Doughton there. And we met him in New York City to go over the manuscript and there was a lot of red on those pages. Good. And I thought, oh my gosh, this wasn't good. And, um, and then we pretty much for a six months period um, ended up writing from before the sun went up, uh, before the sun came up till after the sun, long after the sun went down, <laughs> uh, writing every single day to try to get, get, get it right. Okay. Yeah. I remember again, the Amanda Loudon piece, the day in the life, I think it was April, 2017, it released and it was, you're right in the grind of the yes. writing, being a mother, helping out with Mammoth Track Club. Did I cry in that? Uh, I don't know if there <laughs> was any writing. I might have been fighting tears. 
How did you balance all that? In that, I didn't. Okay. I was a writer, and I neglected my teammates, my husband, <laughs> my seven-year-old daughter. Because <laughs> I know you like to be my dogs. Yeah, involved with the track club yes. too. And but my husband in, was yeah. super supportive in those moments, saying what you write is going to be permanent and it's going to be out there. So get it right. Okay. And if, if I, if he had to pick up the slack, he was willing at least then to do it. And then he let me have it afterwards. Like this was a nightmare. I'm so glad <laughs> to have you back, back at the helm. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you received that first manuscript back in all red, I mean, your books a lot about again, optimism. Right. Do you see that and think, should I really do this? This book challenged my optimism for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it certainly challenged it. But I think, um, like, a lot of it was just digging deeper or why I made this decision because to me it just seemed intuitive mm-hmm. but um, the questions asked really let me know that I needed to explain how I got to certain thinking which had me if I'm changing it here then I'm changing it paragraphs earlier or one paragraph there was like I'm like oh my god there's no red on this page or the <laughs> next or the next and it was like almost the entire um, chapter that was that was read free and I would get to the end yeah. and he circles the last paragraph and says I don't understand and I'm like hmm. oh my gosh if he doesn't understand us summing up the the yeah. last paragraph then he didn't get the whole point of the chapter so I had to rewrite the whole chapter so just um, it took everything okay. it took everything not just from me but from Michelle herself oh, yeah. she, she really gave and gave and regave to this project, and I'm indebted to her for doing that. Was she, you said she asked you just tons of questions that really evoked a lot. Was she writing too, or she said Absolutely. Okay. She wrote also. Um, okay. I just consider her a, a, a master question ask, mm-hmm. asker because I'm mm-hmm. like, well, why? You asked me that last week. And she's like, yeah, but you might have a different answer mm-hmm. this week. Like, mm-hmm. she was just really good yeah. at, at being persistent. And, um, and I would change a single sentence in a paragraph to like, or maybe even just a word yeah. and she'd say it's throwing the rhythm off of the entire paragraph and we'd have to rewrite the whole paragraph I'm like man so then I started getting scared of changing a single word right because <laughs> I'm Every like oh word, we might have to do the whole it. chapter if I change this sentence yep. so she was really good the reason that the feedback from the book is that it was easy to read is because she's very she has a mm-hmm. nice rhythm to her writing mm-hmm. yeah now as a writer with the published book are you reading a lot of the feedback and reviews coming in do you no but I feel like I have been more critical of of reading or listening to other (laughs) other audio books and um and reading other other memoirs um just like oh yeah they could have they could have gone deeper here Mm -hmm. or I want more here Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and a lot of feedback I've gotten with this is like closure with the men my teammates who were unkind to me in Alamosa um, have I ever have I ever had closure with them? Like, well, that wasn't the point. I had to have closure with myself. I needed to I needed to come to terms with myself. And right. It was more about self acceptance than it was about being accepted by my teammates. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, audiobook, you recorded it all, yes, right? <laughs> well, that had to be pretty tedious too. Absolutely. I had five days in a studio in Los Angeles, and um, and I finished it in three days. Three days. In three days. But I didn't tell my family that I was done because I was like, I need two days of beach time <laughs> just, okay. to, just to okay. relax. I hope they're not listening to this. And, um, and then finally um, went home. And when I got home, I was called back into the studio. So I live five and a half hours from the studio in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I had to come down to re-record some things. And I thought, oh, man, what did I butcher? And it was the, the um, scientist who coined the term flow. Mahali, Chiksamihali. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is not, that's not how you pronounce his name, because there's L's in there, but they're silent. Okay. You know, these L's are silent. Oh, so his real name, the guy who coined Flow and actually wrote a book about it, his name is Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. There it is. L's are silent. <laughs> so you had to go back to record that. Just to say name. that into a, into, a, into a microphone, and I turned around and drove back home. <laughs> And that was a wrap. I will always remember how to, how to pronounce his <laughs> that name. That not leaving you. Yeah. <laughs> so April release, and have you done much publicity touring for it? Are you? It's usually you're just whenever I'm, whenever I'm at events that I always try to see if there's a book aspect we can incorporate. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's what I'm doing. Okay. Instead of having a whole side tour along with all the travel that I, that I already do, that mm-hmm. um, I just try to put them together. Okay. And now that the book's done, are you putting more time into training or more time into coaching? Is there? Yeah. Did you see how kind of life maybe leveled out a little bit, or you could put more yeah. focus into other and areas? Yeah, and I think this um, the book came out in April, and so then we're coming on summertime with mm-hmm. our seven year old daughter, and I had a really amazing summer with her, okay, just good. horseback riding and camping mm-hmm. and um, and, and training with my, with my teammates. So it was a really fun balance of, of being able to do that. And I've had to travel a lot this fall, but I really feel good about, um, training with Alexi and Sarah, getting them ready for, for the Bank of America, Chicago marathon. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. I'm going to get into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, Speaking of bank, bank of America, there is, there's a question given to me about the, uh, the mobile app and how you're using it on the go. And how has that been? good for convenience wise yeah so i've had i've had um apple just came out with their with their new phone but also Mm -hmm. their their new their new watch so i've had it for a couple of weeks and i've been um a bank of america mobile banker for the past few years ever since their app has come out because i always want convenience in in my life and to be able to take away some of those some of those errands throughout the day that i could do it so conveniently on my phone but Mm -hmm. now to be able to do it on my watch has added an added convenience um so Bank of America, not only are they the title sponsor of this amazing right. race, but they have they've also really been leaders in mobile banking mm-hmm. at, the, at the forefront of it. And to see how quickly it's evolving um, has really been exciting to be able to go into an ATM and withdraw money without even using your card. You just have your, your watch or your phone with you. Mm-hmm. Um, Bizarre. To be able, yeah, to be able to pick my daughter up from school and go grab an ice cream cone, and my wallet's not with me, but I've got my watch on. You know, yep. like, we'll grab an ice cream cone, and um, and you know, and then now it's time to breathe and meditate. There's like all this, all this access right mm-hmm. here on your phone, and or right here on, on your, your wrist, watch, yeah, yeah, which is which to me as someone that is busy, which we all are, mm-hmm. we all have multiple hats throughout the day. But if I, as long as I've got my watch on, I feel like my, my entire world is available to me. Yeah. 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 Now ASICs seemingly you've been with them forever. 18 years. 18 years yeah. now. Okay. That was years. my next question. Yeah. How many years? What, is, what about ASICs has made you stick with them for so long? Yeah, I, I feel like, so ASICS is an acronym, a Latin acronym for anima sana incorpore sano, or a sound mind in a sound body. Yeah. And I just feel like that resonates perfectly with my entire experience through sport and now that how it's applying to life is mm-hmm. just making sure you're taking care of your of your body and your mind and the importance of, um, of giving time and attention to both because right. we can't be 
at our greatest physical potential if our mind is falling behind and yeah. we can't be mentally sharp if our bodies are falling behind. So I'm really making sure that I'm giving time to both of those aspects of okay. my life. Now, Mammoth, you moved what year? 18 years ago. Okay. 18 <laughs> yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everything happens at once, I guess, in my life. <laughs> Yeah, so we've been in Mammoth for 18 years and so amazing to have seen so many great athletes come through there and to um, to help them reach their goals of Olympic teams and yeah. national records um, has really been an honor to be a part of it. How many members now? We have about a dozen, dozen teammates. Um, okay. There's three Olympians on the team and a couple more that have represented the U.S. on world championship teams. So we have a pretty impressive impressive group with oh, us yeah. yeah well Alexi Pappas is running this weekend and she ran for Greece 2016 when did she join the club um, she she, she joined the club the um, in 2016 okay yeah okay um, she officially moved to Mammoth um, later that year but she was training there before okay. that yeah gotcha she has a quote on the inside flap of the book. Yes. <laughs> I feel like she's picking your brain a lot from your yes. past marathoning. Yeah. Yes. Just a lot of good things to say about the book here. And um, yeah, I've kept up with her career quite a bit too. So I was. She's a fun person to follow yeah, for yeah, sure. She's yep. very um, playful and spirited and has a, a great perspective um, that she brings not just um, not just in friendship, but um, but I feel like some people have a social media presence and then yeah. they have their real life, and she's like consistent, consistently Alexi all the time. Right, yeah. right. And, and you're president of the track club. Your husband Andrew, he's coaching. Yeah. Since 2012, yes. he took over. Yeah. Head coach. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now. And he loves. His, yeah. He loves his job to okay. be able to to meet up and see how he can work with each individual athlete because he treats everyone the way that they need to be mm -hmm. they need to be cultivated which is a fascinating gift to understand how your athletes need to be coached because although we might be on the track and we're all doing mile repeats we're all doing them a little differently or with a little different pep talk beforehand yeah, yeah, or yeah. a different email afterwards and um so i really admire the way he can coach so individually sure and where did you meet we met in Alamosa, Colorado. Alamosa. Yeah. Okay. He was finishing up school at Adams State University. Okay. And I was training professionally. Gotcha. D2 powerhouse there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. And Piper is how old now? Seven. Okay. Yes, seven-year-old daughter. Do you see any running aspirations in her? Is she staying active right now? She does love age? it. Okay. We, we, um, we have a um, before-school running club. Yeah. That, um, it's interesting to see a child at that age that sometimes they are just nonchalant and walking the, walking the laps with their girlfriends. Yep. And then other days she's trying to beat the boys and, um, and getting competitive. So, you know, you don't know what's going to emerge out of that. We just try to create the foundation of, um, of giving her different, um, different avenues. She's in singing and piano lessons, yeah. horseback riding, running. Mm -hmm. She skis a lot in the, in the winter months and cross country skis. So just giving her, um, these different avenues and see, see what, what ends up clicking with her. Yeah. In yeah, the yeah. End. yeah. Okay. Is she here this weekend too? She's not, but okay. she also doesn't know that I'm in Chicago oh. or she would, she would really hate me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, likes she loves okay. coming <laughs> to the city. Yeah. <laughs> But Andrew's here. Yeah, Andrew's, yes, yes. A couple athletes here. Yes. <laughs> and three-time Olympian, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So with each Olympiad, did you feel like you got mentally stronger with each 
Olympic cycle. Each Olympics gave me something totally yeah. different. Um, 10K in 2000, right? 10K in okay. 2000 in Sydney, Australia, where it was just an incredible Olympic Games, and I felt really bummed out that I my Achilles was sore mm. leading up to the race, so I didn't really perform to, to my potential. But I made some bad decisions along the way to just keep running through it, thinking it would go away. Yeah. Um, so then in 2004, I wanted to reverse that and do something, do, do something special. I wanted to earn a medal because I felt like that was the point of the preparation. So preparing with just earning a medal in mind and being able to follow through that was such a high. Yeah, yeah. And then going in four years later, thinking that I was going to be chasing a gold medal and mm-hmm. break my foot at mile three. Yeah. So I just feel like I've run the gamut of that Olympic experience from happy to be there, sorry it didn't work out, to the high of a medal, yeah. to the low of an injury. So, um, But that's what the Olympics are about. A lot of we, we look at the heroes on, on the television set, but more often than not, people are going home disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's the feeling of getting an Olympic medal put around your neck? Uh, as about as good as you would imagine, really. Yeah, yeah I think to, the only thing better would be to hear your national anthem being played. Yeah. But to see that American flag being raised in the stadium to, to honor your country in that way, the best way that I know how mm-hmm. is to go over and perform for my country. And so it was a great, great honor. Sure. Is there any, are you going to be training marathon-wise? Are you... 2020 yeah, Tokyo is I, that? I, I, I might. So I, um, okay. my, I felt really excited getting into better fitness this training cycle mm-hmm. with Alexi and Sarah, uh, being able to train with them and just feeling that excitement of running intervals and long runs, um, not as consistently as they did. But, um, but I, I do feel that I'll probably put in a world marathon major in the spring. It's okay. London, Tokyo, Boston. Yeah. I've actually never run Tokyo, so that seems really appealing to me. It is an ASICS event. So okay. if this winter goes well, I'll probably, I'll probably shoot for the Tokyo marathon. Okay. Try to earn awesome. my, um, my star medal with the, um, getting all the world marathon majors in. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. All six of them. Right? Yeah. Six of yeah. Them. yeah. Uh, this year's Boston just was kind of wild. Yeah, it, you towed the line. I did, and I gave it my best. Yeah, I gave it my best effort. I mean, you heard like Shalane Flanagan saying it's the worst condition she's run in. Yes, the grittiness of De- of uh, Desiree. De- Desi, yeah, yeah. Desi. Um, yeah, how she's is the build? Michigan tough. She did. What I, oh what yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, and Hands I also think it. there is no one um, on that starting line that wanted it more than her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she comes back to Boston year after year and how gratifying to finally finally have the victory at that race was really right. amazing for her. Did you get to talk to her after? Yes, okay. of course. Okay. Yeah. And um, But I... Um, you know, that, that race played out so differently for so many people. I love training in adverse conditions. I love racing in adverse conditions. And I actually mm-hmm. feel that I have a competitive edge when that happens. If it's extreme heat or extreme cold, extreme heat in Athens, extreme cold in so many cross-country races that I've, that I've run over the years. Yeah. And I love the grittiness and determination that comes with with that but um but i w- was hypothermic at mile 14 okay. and super bummed out that my body just shut down and wouldn't allow me to go i was mm-hmm. more sore than after any marathon after yeah. after running those 14 miles um but the upside there's my silver lining to everything yes. is that i got to sit in the medical in an actual medical van because it was warmer in this van sipping chicken broth and watching desiree win so at <laughs> least i had like a front row seat to 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 witness her victory sure i love to yeah. hear the fellow runners being excited about these performances yeah oh yeah and you're 
kind of holding on by a hair with this record. Yeah. Just elaborate on the depth of American women's distance running oh right gosh, now. Do you so watch each race kind of on the edge of your seat? No, I know, knowing no, no, you no. now that read no. the book and talking to you here, it's like you'd be just pumped for that. Stoked for it, absolutely. Okay. I, um, I, I, that's why I come to all the races to be excited. Um, yeah. Molly Huddle broke my half marathon right. record earlier this year. I felt very fortunate to be at the race. Um, you were there to be able to to be able to witness it. So, okay. um, super exciting. Uh, and really, on any given weekend, there are so many Americans that have the capability of doing that, of, of running faster than my yeah. of my record. And I just feel that it's so dense that the the competition is so dense. But it's almost like this cycle of inspiration that the runners are being inspired by one another. They're being shown that what they're dreaming about, they 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 probably have the capability of doing. Mm-hmm. And um. And so to me, the breaking that Joan Benoit Samuelson's record 15 years ago was important in the preparation, and it was important on that race day, yeah. but it, it served its purpose once I was able to get it, and mm-hmm. I feel like it's been up for grabs ever since. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was only important to me in the pursuit of it. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Because you hear that question with pro runners, would you rather have an Olympic medal or an American record? Yeah. I, I want like it med- all. Yeah, I, I know you want it. I know you want it all. I feel like the medal though, no one's going to take that away no from you. No one can take it. Is, do you have a sure answer on that question? I don't. Okay. No. Okay. I mean, I even think a personal best feels just as good. Right. You know, right. I, I think that reaching your goal feels, feels amazing because nobody just stumbles on an American record or a yeah, national yeah. record. They yeah. work for it. And so, um, sure. so I think it's just as special as any other goal you're putting out there for yourself. Yep. Breaking Jones' record had to be surreal. You talk crazy. about being 11 years old, watching her win yes. 1984. And she's going Looking. after a sub-three-hour marathon this weekend. Yeah. She's unstoppable. I'm like, is she 150? No, <laughs> she's only 60 years old. <laughs> like, how could she be? How could she have done all this over the years? It's Are you close a, with her? Yes, okay. absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. I actually brought her um, Kate Spade lobster socks. There you go. Um, that I haven't seen her yet here this weekend, but I have them have them to give to her. That's awesome. Yeah, I read that memory, and now hearing you say that just had to be... Yeah. Like, what just happened when you yeah. crossed that line and you break Jones' record? Absolutely. And you know, of course, I got a text from her immediately after okay. um, congratulating me. So mm-hmm. she's first class. That's awesome. Yeah. So Alexi and Sarah running this weekend. Yes. What are their goals going into Sunday? Um, so I know they don't have a final, um, a final race plan. They got parameters before they left Mammoth, but I okay. think Andrew was waiting to see weather conditions and stuff. Yep. Um, because they both have some, some time goals. Sarah would like to run the Olympic qualifying time in the marathon. Okay. Um, so that she has a better chance of representing Saudi Arabia again. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, and Alexi has a, a pretty wide range of, of what she wants to run, depending on how the race plays out. Cause Andrew also wants her to just experience the race, yeah. to like, be able to, to get in with the players and, and, and feel that, that energy of running with people. And then in the later stated stages of the race, running against them and, um, and really giving her, her first marathon experience to be like very inclusive and intimate in mm-hmm. running with, with the others. Sure. So what's your advice to them and to every other running, every other runner, yeah. you know, put one foot in front of the other on Sunday in this lead up now you know, three days out. Yeah. How did, how did you prepare? What would be your advice to folks who are hitting yeah. the road Sunday? I would say just some buzzwords like trust and mm-hmm. patience and then grit and 
and defining yourself. I think when we get to a point in a race where it starts to hurt, we, mm-hmm. we tend to justify and give up. And in that moment, um, question whether giving up is what you really want, because maybe what you really want is to dig down yeah, for a yeah, little yeah. bit more because it makes that the satisfaction of that finish line so much better. And even if you fall short of your goals, knowing that you made those decisions along the way to continue digging down and getting the best out of yourself, um, you, can, you can be proud of the effort despite not reaching your goals. It's great. Yeah. And then race day, waking up. How did you, so day of race. Yeah. You're waking up pretty early. Very Obviously, early. Race to yeah. start, start early. Half asleep eating your breakfast. <laughs> did you have a breakfast of choice pre-race? Um, you know, it's always just carbs. It's yeah, like yeah. so boring. Okay. I, I think I remember turning to Keith and Kevin Hansen mm-hmm. um, in 2015 here in the Chicago hotel having our breakfast and it was just like butter on a bagel a couple like a little scoop of scrambled eggs on the side and I just like looked down at my plate and I was just like I can't wait to eat something spicy like this is so boring (laughs) it just seems so bland yeah are you a coffee lover I do okay yeah so always a cup of coffee always a cup of coffee yeah if I'm racing I travel with my french press but if I'm not racing I just suck it up and drink whatever coffee they have okay Cause I know you're a food junkie. Yeah, um, yeah. Had some couple quick hitters here to wrap this up. Um, you can ask me where the best burger in Chicago is. Well, do or you, what my favorite do you, deep dish do you have pizza? A best, yeah. Do you have a favorite? I have, meal fav- in Chicago? I have favorite food places. Yeah. Here. Shout them out. I have a long list. <laughs> but I don't mean I might um, I might um, have some enemies after saying my favorite <laughs> deep dish because I feel like people are pretty protective of their deep dish pizza here. But I like Lou Malnati's. You do favorite. like them on yeah, yeah, it's my favorite. I've been there a few times. Yeah. They have great salad, too. I really, see, I don't even know that. So I just yeah. like only save room for pizza. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. Pizza's awesome. Yeah. I've had a couple of their deep, like, bold salads, and they're incredible. Wow. So if, okay. you're, if you like salad, Yeah, I should balance shot. that out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some leafy greens. I know you're doing that. <laughs> you're a food junkie in many ways. So any other... Uh, burger place oh, so I just got one over my last trip to Chicago a week a little more than a week ago okay. and I went to Asheville and mm-hmm. had a hamburger that blew every other hamburger out of the water cool. the best by far I've ever eaten okay yeah we'll book that yeah Keep that in our minds it is worth the two-hour wait at lunch to have a burger <laughs> if your job will afford you to, to wait two hours for uh, for your burger <laughs> take the time and do it <laughs> What would be your last meal on earth if you had a choice? Oh, wow. Full course. You can go side, entree. Bottle of wine. The okay. bottle of wine with it. I can add that. Okay. As the oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Drink. Okay. Yeah. okay. It's just wondering how far out. No, yeah, yeah. How, how far out on my table I could go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it a big go. table? <laughs> uh, not as big as this boardroom yeah. table in here, but... Half a size. Yeah. yeah, I think it would. I think it would be Italian, something Italian. Okay. Yeah, I feel like Italian food is yeah. is one of my. Oh, yeah, it could be Indian. Maybe Indian it's food. Indian food. Okay. I could stuff myself silly with Indian food. Um, <laughs> lamb vindaloo would be on there with some pad saneer, um, or it might be some sort of like eggplant parmesan style with yeah. some. Like really earthy Bordeaux. Okay. Bordeaux. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Red or white. Or wine. maybe it would be a like Greer crepes now, with now some sautéed mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking maybe the Bordeaux would go better with some Greer Greer and sautéed mushrooms crepes yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. Red or white wine. Red. Okay. Yeah. Any specific wine? Um, no. No. 
Yeah, I um, I do like wine, red wines from Paso Robles, but you know we just came off of summer, so I was drinking more whites and rosés, um, aperol spritzes, and mm-hmm. now I feel like I'm already transitioning to to reds. Okay. Yeah, you, tis the season. Tis is the season to transition. <laughs> <laughs> You've traveled a ton, so with the Olympiads, I mean, you were was it? It was Athens, Sydney. Wait, in order. Yeah. Sydney. Athens, Beijing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Do you get to explore a lot of the food culture? That's usually the only thing that Andrew and I do when we go okay. to um, to cities or exotic places is to just figure out the best places to dine, and we feel like that's how we experience any mm. culture is through food. We've done yeah. that for years. Yeah. It's our happy place. <laughs> so he loves it too. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um. We talked about American record or Olympic medal. Uh, the you say in the book the reason for choosing Arkansas for college running and your college experience. The teammates there when you visited reminded you a lot of your high school. Yes, team. yeah. So that mixed with coach, what else attracted you to Arkansas? Yeah, I think there's no professional sports in the state, so to be yeah. there on my recruiting trip and see how the entire state revolves around the university mm-hmm. and is so well supported. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the fact that Lance Harder, the coach that's still there, um, travel is from California, so we traveled back to California mm-hmm. for competition. So I knew I would see my family um, okay. quite often. So there was so much to play, but it fe- it seemed like. Um, as I was going on these recruiting trips, everything seemed um, everything seemed off, and then I got to Arkansas, and everything just fell into place. Okay. And so I just knew um, knew that that was where I wanted to be. Great, great. Um, the most miles you've ever run in one week. One hundred forty-seven. One forty-seven. Yeah. Okay. But it wasn't prescribed. It was like if you're feeling good, go a few extra miles or run home. So okay. it was like in a week that I knew my body could handle it. I wasn't okay. just like forcing. It was like in this window of these three weeks, you could increase your mileage if you're feeling good. Okay. Yeah. Craziest workout you ever saw Ryan Hall complete? Oh man. I think my husband would be better at this because he was. I was more in my own thing while my husband was absor- uh, like observing everybody's okay. workouts. Okay. Um, but I would say his tempo runs were always impressive. Yeah. He could just hammer from the beginning, and you think, man, he went out too fast, and he finishes just as strong. And Sarah's doing really well now. Yes, too. yes, she's yeah. on upswing right now. Their family, their entire family, is thriving. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember some of those Ryan Hall YouTube videos of his tempo runs. It was just yeah. insane. Yeah, so. he has a great capacity to endure. Yeah, yeah. Now he's really into lifting. Yes, kind of transforming the body yes. now. Yeah, yeah. But it's great that he's just taken that goal-oriented mentality that running has given him and brought it to another passion, which okay. is in. The, he's always loved the weight room, and yeah. to be able to put that passion in there and and have goals in the weight room now, I think is a, a oh, yeah. fantastic transition. Absolutely. Yeah. So Dina, let your mind run. Memoir of thinking my way to victory. Plug the book again here. Quick synopsis on it, where to find it. I'm sure you can find it anywhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, easiest is Amazon, but I'd like okay. everyone to go to their local bookstores first yeah, and see if yeah. they, they can get it there or even order it through their local bookstore. Um, if you're into um, into listening, it's also uh, there's an audio version mm-hmm. as well that you can listen to. But it is an instructional memoir on the power of positivity and performance. Yeah. But as I sum up at the end of the book, it isn't just about the performance. It's about creating positive habits for life and 
um, and so to just keep on top of that and continue um, to striving to reach your potential is what gives you a joyous and happy life. Sure thing. Yeah. And where can we follow you on social media? I'm at Dina Caster on okay. Twitter and Dina8050 on Instagram, which is the elevation of my house. Oh, I was curious yeah. about that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. 8050 I should have had like some little teaser and giveaway for that, <laughs> for that answer, but there you have it. All right. Much appreciation for the time, Dina. Have a fantastic time here in Chicago being there at the finish line. It's going to be an awesome feeling there. And sure will. Looking forward to any forthcoming races on the docket and awesome. keeping up with your 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 times here in the running community you're, thank you you're a great advocate and i am going to be recommending the book to everyone oh, thank you I brave reviews it. indeed highly recommend the book so thanks again Dina, for thanks the for having me absolutely thanks again for listening to hooray run podcast episode 21 much appreciation to dina caster for joining me in conversation in chicago dina's book let your mind run a memoir of thinking my way to victory Buy it, support Dina. I'm going to do a giveaway through Hooray Run. Be on the lookout for that. If you don't win the giveaway, support her. Buy that book. You will not regret it. Follow Dina's journey on her social media pages. Hooray Run, it's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Instagram, one word, Hooray Run. Twitter, Hooray underscore run. HoorayRun.com. Email the podcast and Hooray Run in general, hoorayrun at gmail.com. Another episode dropping tomorrow night, another conversation I had in person in Chicago. The podcast, find it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, leave a review, tell a friend, recommend it, always appreciate that. Much thanks. As always, to my friend Mikey, a.k.a. Meeks Palmer on SoundCloud for the intro and outro beats. Remember to celebrate every step.